Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of The Raw and the Cooked. I'm your host, Dara Boxer, and I am so glad you're here. Today, I wanted to discuss the beauty of audiobooks, why I love them so much, the folks that narrate audiobooks, and tackling the golden question when it comes to audiobooks. If you listen to a book, are you allowed to claim that you've read it? And I actually wanted to talk about this first, um, that, that question, are you allowed to claim that an audiobook counts as a book that you've read? Because I feel like I've gotten a lot of flack from people in my life. You know, I've been an avid audible subscription member for going on seven years now, and I have gotten a handful of comments from people. Well, you know, it's, you know, you can't really say you've read it if you listen to it. And actually I kind of think that they're wrong. Um, and I'm here to defend audiobooks as a whole. You know, from a neurological perspective, reading and listening to a book do have quite a bit of overlap to them, even though you're using different pathways of the brain engaged for both reading and listening. Um, But, you know, it does bring another question onto that. But does one, uh, you know, reading or listening, does it facilitate greater comprehension than the other? Which is, yes, a very important question. And in fact, a woman named Beth Rogowski, an associate professor of education at Bloomberg University, she actually sought out to investigate this in a recent study. Her team assigned adult volunteers to three different groups. Uh, One group was responsible for listening to portions of a book about World War II. Another read the same uh, chunks of this book on an e-reader, and the third read and listened to it simultaneously. So then, of course, the volunteers at the end of the study took a comprehension test, and what Rogowski and her colleagues saw was absolutely no significant differences in the scores among the three groups. So boom, there you have it. And also, I would say that most folks agree that the mental machinery involved in higher level understanding of a narrative, plot, so on and so forth, is the same regardless of how you consume the book. So yeah, again, I'm just going to drive the point home that yes, audiobooks, you get the information consumed, you can fully have a conversation, a comprehensive dialogue with another human being, let's say at a book club or whatever. Uh, If you can explain a book and talk about why you loved it, then I mean, yeah, you can totally say you've read it. So it absolutely counts. Um, And, you know, I consume dozens of books a year through audiobooks and I have no shame about it. Um, And, you know, another bonus for audiobooks, according to the Audio Publishers Association, audiobooks help, quote, build and enhance vital literacy skills such as fluency, vocabulary, language acquisition, and pronunciation and comprehension skills that often boost reading scores, end quote. So boom, take that. And my final point before we talk about the meat and potatoes of this episode, keep in mind that most of us were read to as children. We got to experience our very first stories at a sort of like audio book form, right? Like our parents and our teachers were our very first narrators of, of stories and books that we loved as kids. You know, it's how we learned to pronounce words and widen our vocabulary. Um, and I, I can definitely attest to that now that I'm a parent myself, like watching my daughter's vocabulary spring and just multiply pretty much by like the week 
it's just fascinating um, to watch. You know, every couple of months we upgrade her books and go, you know, a little bit further and higher. And, and you know, we're even doing chapter books, and she's only two and a half. She loves the stories. She loves listening. Um, and you know, I I think it's because my husband and I you know, not to like brag. Um, but you know, I, I want to give us kudos because we make it a lot of fun for her. You know, we do the voices, the inflection, the tone, like we, we really make it a fun experience. We have like a whole song and dance when we read certain books and it's just really fun for them. Um, and it's also a reason why I, as an adult love audiobooks, right? Like your narrator is so, so important here. Like they really make it a magical experience for you as an adult to listen and like if it's a book that you would really enjoy and love reading, like a narrator can 100% take that book that you like were probably going to like anyway and like push it over the edge to something you just like love and like think about often. And that's definitely how I feel about a handful of books that I've listened to over the years. Like there are still some that come to mind, which I'm definitely going to share later on in the episode that just like, like bring chills. Like Fates and Furies, for example. Actually, I'm not, why am I even waiting, right? Let's just talk about it now, <laughs> like some of the books that I've loved. Um, so Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff was magical. I like loved the narration. I thought it was so wonderful. Um, and another one that I like will never stop talking about until like the day I die is Lincoln and the Bardo by George Saunders. So that's actually a really special audiobook. It had a cast of over a hundred different narrators and it was just perfectly done. I loved everything about it, but I also heard from a lot of my friends that tried reading a physical copy that they were like, I didn't get it. Like I didn't really see the magic. And it also, I, I think it brings like a really interesting point. Like I think if an audiobook is like really well done and well produced, it can take a book that like might not be enjoyable to like read per se. And like, yeah. And that's like a really, it's a, it's a two-sided coin, right? Cause like there are certain books that I don't think I would have enjoyed had I read it versus listened to it and vice versa, right? Like the narrator can totally break a book for you. Like if it's, just like a mediocre story to begin with. And the narration is just like flat and boring and terrible. Like you're, it's just gonna like, ugh, yeah. Anyway, so right, there are a, a handful of books that I've listened to over the years that I'm just kind of like, ugh, like that narration was so bad. Like I wonder if I would have enjoyed the book had I like actually read it instead. So yeah, it's just a really interesting and totally wild concept. Cause you know, it's just not something you'd really think about unless you were like, immersed in the audiobook world, I guess. So as the years have gone by, I have definitely learned to be pretty picky about the narrator of the audiobook that I'm going to download. And luckily, most mediums give you the opportunity to preview like a sample of the book before you download it and commit. Because the relationship that you have with the narrator is a relationship that you're committing to for like anywhere from six to 18 hours, right? So like, it's a very different experience than reading a physical book. Um, you know, you're really relying on this narrator to give you a fun and magical experience. And maybe, you know, it's like, it's not like a trip to Disneyland. Like, you know, they're not in charge of anything, but like, you know, there have been books that just like really pushed me over the edge to being like, wow, I loved that. Um, and so, yeah, I thought it would be really fun to share some 
of the books that I've loved um, listening to through audiobook. So Nicola Yoon's books were both narrated by the same woman, and she did a phenomenal job. But again, like I don't know if I would have like loved them had I read it. Um, Pachinko was magical. Um, the Hate You Give was perfectly narrated. I think that was Angie Thomas, who the narrator for that. And she was also the one who narrated both of Nicola Yoon's books. And she's like an incredible audiobook narrator. So like a huge shout out to her. Um, Daisy Jones and the Six. I think I would have loved that book had I read it, but like the the production of it as an audiobook was perfect and like I still have chills thinking about it um and I can definitely say the same for Mrs. Everything by Jennifer Weiner I really enjoyed it but there was something about the women that narrated it that just like really uh so perfect um such a fun age by Kylie Reed was a recent read of mine um as well as well as a good neighborhood by Anne Therese Fowler and Valentine by Elizabeth Wetmore and these are three books that were just like really well narrated um you know the authors sorry the narrators they just were so great with like their accents and their tones and their pitch and just like doing the dialogue and yeah it was just it was great um so I I loved those books I also listened to Friends and Strangers by Courtney J. Sullivan last year which was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, like had I read it, maybe I wouldn't have fallen so deeply in love. Um, as far as red, white and Royal blue by Casey McQuinston, perfect narration. Oh my God. Um, one to watch by Kate Stamen London was awesome. I highly recommend that. But again, like I don't think it would have done as much for me had I read a physical copy. Um, the Unhoneymooners surprisingly was like a definitely like a top I don't know twenty for me for last year by Christina Lauren. Um, and yeah, so those are some that just like really stand out to me over the last couple of years that I've just like love, love, love. So I hope if you, um, walk away from anything from this episode, it's, you know, I'll I'll definitely put these in the show notes, but these are just some audiobooks that I thought were just like phenomenally done as well as of course, like the story was great too, but you know what I'm saying? Um, and reversely, uh, you know, some books that I just thought were really badly done. Um, and I'm really regret not actually reading them include the woman in the window by AJ Finn. Uh, I just found it painful and terrible city of girls by Elizabeth Gilbert hated the narrator. Uh, same with in five years by Rebecca Stirl, the mother-in-law by Sally Hepworth and surprisingly, The Invisible Girl by Lisa Jewell could not get through it. Um, it was painful. And in fact, Ruth Ware, who I have like a love-hate relationship with, I tried listening to her. I think it was like one by one or it's one of her like recent ones. I could not get through 40 minutes of the narration before I had to just say like just nope right out of there. Um, so yeah, that was that was a little surprising for me. So yeah, those are just some additional audiobooks that um stand out as like regrets of mine for not reading it but like you just like never really know right like you just it's too hard to know yeah and just most of the time I think I could blame the narrator but there are some books that are just so bad that like nothing can be done even like the world's best narrator they just the story cannot be saved um and I, I really feel like that there's just something really fundamentally interesting about that um so I would love to know your thoughts and opinions on this as well and you know some other examples of books that I read that 
had I listened to two, I would probably have the same feelings. Um, one that sticks out the most is The Power by Naomi Alderman. And I thought the story had so much potential and it was just so bad. And I can imagine like feeling extra frustrated, like had I listened to it. So, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting world we live in, right? Where you just can consume things in so many different ways. And, um, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, and one more. Okay. This, like, this definitely needs a mention. I listened to David Balducci's memory man a couple of years ago. And the two main characters are a male and female detective, and each of them were given like their own narrator. And so when they would have dialogue between the two characters, like they would switch back and forth, almost like a like a movie or whatever. But it was it was so jarring, like the editing was so terrible, and the production it was the quality was just so piss poor, and like oh my god, it was really hard to get through, and because it was just so distracting in a way. Um, yeah, and and I feel like if you're not clicking with the person's like tone and or inflections, or they don't do like the opposite sex's voice well, like there's so many like weird little distracting things that can get in the way of making an audiobook. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think you know Simon and Schuster and all of these different audiobook companies should really like vet their narrators harder um so that's just like a little critique from someone who's consumed like a huge amount of audiobooks throughout the years um but you know what i'm gonna end this episode by thanking julia whalen for taking so many of my favorite books and just making them into something so special she has narrated oh my gosh a ton you know what actually i'm gonna pull up a list of the books that she personally has narrated because I'm going to recommend just like all of them. I don't even care like what the book is about. If Julia Whalen is the narrator, like I'm just going to download it. Okay. So I had to just uh, take a quick pause, go to Julian Whalen's page on Audible. And so here are some of the audiobooks that she has narrated that I've read recently and definitely recommend because she's just amazing. Educated, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, Pretty Things, Malibu Rising, which is a Taylor Jenkins read novel that I'm actually, I just started and it's just so good because she's just like the most perfect narrator ever. Um, and in fact, she has also narrated, it looks like most of Taylor Jenkins reads novels. Um, another one I had listened to was Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Um, Kristen Hanna's Great Alone, in addition to like a couple of other of Kristen Hanna's novels. Um, it looks like she had narrated most of Julie, Jillian Flynn's novels as well although I, I actually read those as books and um, and then of course one of my like absolute favorites fates and furies so if you're on the fence um and you've never listened to an audiobook which I find it hard to believe because you're listening to a podcast um I would start with something by Julia Whalen because she is amazing and if I ever write a book um I'm just gonna have her personally read it because I would have her read my grocery list. Like her voice is that beautiful and perfect. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. And before we sign off, um, we're going to do our dinner segment. So what we had for dinner last night? Well, it was actually our little baby's very first birthday. So we had a little dinner party, um, just my husband, myself, my daughter, and my son. And I cooked a butterfly pasta 
definitely not homemade. Um, but the vodka meat sauce was, I love my vodka sauce. It's like one of my go-tos for pasta night. Um, he loves pasta. My daughter loves pasta with meat. So it was just a no brainer. Um, I also prepared it with an arugula roasted beet, orange and walnut salad with homemade balsamic dressing. And of course for dessert, we did a little teeny tiny smash cake, which, um, was just vanilla sponge cake with about three inches worth of uh, vanilla buttercream that was dyed blue. And I kind of did like an ombre thing because his theme was sharks. Um, we call him our little shark boy for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I, I had balloons that spelled out Jawsome, like awesome, but Jaws, sharks, haha. Anyway, um, yeah, so it was just a really fun night. Anyway, thank you guys again for tuning in to episode three of The Raw and the Cooked, and I will see you back here next week for a cooking-related episode. Thank you guys again, and talk to you soon.